the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Sasso, co-founder of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International. And I have the great privilege to speak to you here again today. Well, Pastor Chris is back, and boy, we have some great reports. She just returned from the Philippines. People were empowered by the Holy Ghost. People were baptized by the Holy Ghost. People were healed and delivered, and there were many, many salvations. Also, we heard reports of hundreds, actually, that came Christ in several meetings. So we are excited, and I'm here to tell you, those who have sown seed in this work, you reap that same harvest. So God bless you for being a faithful supporter of this ministry, and we just really do appreciate it. And anyhow, I'm here to talk to you today about the responsibility that the church of Jesus Christ has in this day and in this hour. And I'm talking in a season in the United States of America right now, we're going through a political process of nominating and then electing leadership for our nation, White House, for Congress, for the Senate. In many state elections, there are local elections taking place right now, and it's happening all across this country. And so I'm here to talk a little bit to the body of Christ to give them some education on what our place is in this season. Because, And I'll just say this, the church is responsible for the state of a nation. We are responsible for this country. We are responsible to pray for this nation, and we are responsible to be active and be voting in every election. Every believer needs to be registered to vote. You need to be engaged and understand the issues and vote based upon the Word of God, based upon what the Word says. And what I mean by that is, before anything else, before I'm even an American, I am a Christian. I am a Christian first. That means your first allegiance is to the Word of God and to Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors of a kingdom that is without end, a kingdom that shall rule all kingdoms, and even now has been established through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so our allegiance, number one, is to our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are ambassadors. We must be witnesses of that kingdom by the lives that we live and by the way that we carry ourselves in society. When men and women, when people come to meet us and see us and hear us speak, they need to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that includes in the political discourse that we involve ourselves in. So yes, we must be engaged, but we must remember we're Christians first. So we're going to talk briefly about that. And I just have to caution the body of Christ because sometimes when we put on our political hat, we take off our Christian hat or we put on a self-righteous hat and start condemning a bunch of folks. Jesus did not condemn the world. He laid his life down to save the world. 
we have to understand that. So if we start condemning and judging and pointing fingers and speaking ugly about those that oppose the things that we believe politically, we've taken off our Christian hat and put on the hat of the world to win this war. And I'm being very serious with us here now. We need to do this battle, not the world's way, but we need to do this battle God's way. And then we're going to win, see? Because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ, to the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ and that anointing. And as we do things God's way, it will happen. We don't make it happen. The Holy Ghost makes it happen, even in the Word. And we've heard this scripture multiple times from many, many voices. The Lord said to us through His Word that if my people, not the world, not the oppressor, not the heathen, but my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked or erred ways and pray. Then, God says, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Amen. And that's what we're talking about here. And it says in Psalms 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord watches over the city. The watchmen watch in vain. So we have to do this God's way, friends. And so what are we talking about? Number one, and I'm going to say this number one, because we had a big battle here in San Antonio where we reside just a few years ago. And I mean, we got engaged. We went to the city and told them not to pass an ordinance that we believed was contrary to the word of God. And believe it or not, it actually passed, unfortunately. But we did our part and we went before the city. After we did that, we found out it was going to pass. I was sitting in my desk, and I was grieved in my spirit. I said, Lord, what is happening in our nation? And in front of my desk, I have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's laughing. And I looked up at that picture with the weight of what was taking place in our country on my shoulders. I just felt it. And as I looked at the Lord Jesus laughing, this peace that surpasses knowledge, came over me, and the Lord quickened two scriptures to me. And the first scripture he quickened to me is Psalms chapter 2. And I'm going to read it to you, just part of it. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves in array, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing. They say, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. And then it says the following, But he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. (laughs) God is sitting on his throne and he's laughing. And the second scripture he spoke to me was Psalm chapter 37. And I turned to that scripture and it says the following. It says, fret not because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon, oh, it says soon, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. But trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness, and delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I kept on reading. If you go down to verse 12, 
It says the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. Now, we see that all the time. I mean, you try to do somebody good, and they just chew you up, spit you out. I mean, but look at that verse 13. It says, but the Lord laughs at him, for he knows that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn their sword, and they have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay those that are upright in conduct. But their sword shall enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. Do you see that? God's laughing, see, because the battle is the Lord's. Their battle's not against you, not against me. It's against the king of the earth. They are in rebellion against their creator, and they don't even know it. So our job as ambassadors, number one of Jesus Christ, is to be an intercessor for them to know Christ. That's it. We need to stand in the gap for them to get saved. And the only way they'll get saved is if we respond in a Christ-like manner. Now, I don't want to dwell too much on that, but I've got to deal with the word fret. Because many in the body of Christ are fretting over this election. They're fretting over who's going to get in and who's not going to get in. I'm here to tell you something. There is a caution. Because a lot of times you'll turn the TV on and you're, you see this man or our current president and all the leaders in Washington and you have nothing good to say about anybody. Okay, well, you have allowed something to get in you that is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. Don't turn the radio off yet. Hear me out. Hear me out. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Now, the Lord said to me, look up the word fret. So I looked it up and the word for fret is kara. And it means the following. Do not be hot or furious or burn and become angry that is kindled in your spirit because of the wicked. Did you hear that? In other words, don't let that wickedness get in you. Don't let that evil anger, hatred get in you. Don't burn or kindle with anger in such a way it will affect your ability to witness. The Word of God says be angry and sin not. You can be angry. There's a time for anger. There was just anger when Jesus cleared the temple, but he didn't let evil thoughts, evil words, hatred, malice. You cannot represent Jesus Christ if you don't walk in love. So, friends, this is key for us to win this battle. The battle's the Lord's. We can't let evil get in our hearts. And then, amazingly, if we look at Psalm 37, then it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. How did Jesus tell us to do good? Now we're going to turn to the Beatitudes real quick. And this is kind of a preamble now in terms of this discourse in this political environment. All this hate speech and mongering. Don't get involved in that. Do not allow yourself to get sucked up in that and be motivated by hatred of politicians even. Okay, I mean, yeah, people have done wrong, but that's not how we win the battle. We've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. And later in the program, we're going to talk about six characteristics that believers are supposed to look for in their political leaders so that they know how to vote and vote for the right people. We're going to talk about that. We've got that on our website where you can go find it at SOGMI.org. And it's a, it's a, a blog there that you can see, or you can look at our Facebook page and see it there as well. And it's six characteristics to look for in our nation's leaders. But let's just look real quick where we've erred. And the reason we have such a mess here, we're not doing things God's way. We're trying to win this battle our way and not God's way. Are you with me? So let's look at Matthew chapter 6, an amazing thing. In verse 43, it says, You've heard that it's said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, that's Jesus, say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. And pray for those which despitefully use you. 
right? Isn't that what he said? And persecute you, that you may be what? Children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes it to rain upon the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brothers only, do you do better than others? Do not even the publicans do this? But you, body of Christ, therefore be perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, that they see your good works and glorify God which is in heaven. Are you with me? And then look at Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says the following. He says, judge not that you be not judged. And, and many in the body of Christ are out condemning the homosexual. They're out judging the homosexual. Jesus had a woman caught in the very issue, the very act of adultery, thrown at his feet. And the Pharisees said, well, let's stone him, Lord. You know, come on. This woman was caught in the very act. And Jesus went and wrote on the ground. And then one by one, they started to leave. Because he stood up and said, let those of you who are without sin cast the first stone. And the body of Christ had been cast in stones all over the world. And that's why people won't listen to us. That's why people think we're a bunch of hypocrites. Are you hearing me? Boy, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You need to love your enemies. You need to do good to those that despitefully use you. You need to pray for those that are in authority. We're supposed to pray for kings. You may not have voted for our current president, but the Bible commands you to pray for him. So how many times have you prayed for him? How many times have you earnestly sought God to save his soul? How many times have you interceded for the leaders in Congress? How many times have you prayed for the senator that you didn't vote for, but he's got the office anyways because God raises up kings and brings them down? And all through Scripture, as I've said in days past, the only time God's people were ever turned over to oppressive forces is when they sinned against God. So let's own this thing, okay? Where we've erred, let's own it and let's get right Why do you look at the moat or the splinter that's in your brother's eye, but you don't consider the beam that's in your own? We're out condemning rather than interceding for the lost person that needs to get saved. Lord, send laborers into the harvest field. Are you with me? Amen. And then let's keep reading. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. He says, But enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate that, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to life. And then Jesus said something amazing. We wonder why this battle's been so hard to win. Look what he said, starting at verse 24. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, what sayings? Love your enemy, do good to those who spitefully use you, pray for those that are persecuting you, and does them. He will be like a man that builds his house upon the rock. And the rains come and the storm beats on that house and it stands, but because he built his house on the foundation that I've laid. But he that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, and that's 90% of the church, talking ugly about everybody in office, well, I'm voting for this guy because I hate politicians, or I'm... Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Are you with me? All right. Don't build your house upon the sand. This battle is the Lord's, but we have to do it God's way, because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain that build it. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, we've already quoted that, that he exhorted, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Just the ones you like? No, no, for all that are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a peaceable life 
in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who would have that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And I'm here to tell you the only way they're going to be saved and the only way they're going to come to the knowledge of the truth if the church becomes the church and we're Christians first, we're ambassadors of Jesus Christ First, don't lose your witness because you're now politically involved. Come on, be a Christian, be Christ-like, love, demonstrate that Jesus has changed you. Are you with me? Amen. And Jesus's first commission is that men be saved. So that is our first commission. And yeah, he's going to send us to the publicans and the sinners. Yeah, but our witness is what will win them. We got the real deal here. Amen. All right. Well, there is one more issue I do have to deal with here before we get into these seven characteristics, and we're just about done here. Run out of time, but we're going to keep moving. It's in Luke chapter 19. And, you know, there's many in the body of Christ, you hear them, and they begin to say, well, you know, it's got to get worse and worse. It's been prophesied that the devil's going to take over and all these other things, and they have what I call a rapture mentality, and so they don't get involved in their society to stand against evil. But let me tell you something. The only time evil prospers is when good men do nothing. You've got to stand against evil in your day. And how do you stand? You stand by interceding and you stand by getting involved and you do your part. You stand up. So let's look at Luke chapter 19 and starting in verse 11. And he that heard these things spoke a parable and he, when he was near to Jerusalem, they thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear automatically and immediately. They thought of Jesus that, hey, we're going to go set your kingdom up right now. Let's go get her done right now. You know, this is the time. So Jesus gave them a parable. Look at the parable, okay? Because a lot of people are saying they're waiting for Jesus to come back and fix everything. But there is a job for the church to do before he returns. And that's what we got to be busy about. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went out into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. Well, that's Jesus He called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I come. Well, what does that mean? That means you need to be busy about the Father's business and everybody you touch needs to be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost and get saved. He wants to see people moving in faith. He's not coming back for church cowering in fear and speaking all kinds of ugly stuff about their enemies. And let me just say this, okay? I have to say this. Psalm chapter 1 says the following, Blessed is the man that dwells not in the house of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the way of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight's in the law of the Lord, and in that law does he meditate day and night. There's too many members of the body of Christ that are sitting in the seat of the scoffer, and they're scoffing at our president, they're scoffing at the government, they're scoffing at the Congress, the Senate, the mayor. They're not interceding. That's part of the problem. We have to do things God's way. Zip your mouth. Ask the Holy Ghost, what do you want to accomplish here? How can we change this situation? And pray. I don't like what I'm hearing sometimes, too. But the Lord dealt with me. said, Mike, you're part of the problem when you talk like that. Oh, Lord, I said, forgive me, Jesus. Help me. Okay. And I changed. Well, we need to change. That's the only way we're going to win this battle. we got to do it God's way. So we've got to be occupying until he comes. And how do we do it? In the power of the Holy Ghost, the love of God, the power of the Word of God in our lives at work. Okay, now finally, as promised, we're getting to the six characteristics that 
Christians should look for in political leaders. Now, you got to do what we've already talked about. You got to walk in love. You got to, you know, be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. We are Christians first, Americans second, and then we can vote based on other issues. And as a Christian, okay, we need to vote based upon what the Word of God says. We've got to base our decisions on who we choose as leaders based upon what God's Word says about how to vote. Most people don't even know how to do that. And so we're going to talk about that. And eight years ago, the Lord spoke and said, you know, if my people will unite as a nation, this nation can have the most righteous leadership, the most righteous government she's ever had, even as far back to the founding of this nation, if you can even believe it. And can you say, how could this possibly be? Well, is anything impossible with God? No. But we have to meet the conditions of this prophecy, and that is we have to unite. And the only way we'll ever unite politically is if we unite based upon the truth and principles found in God's Word. And you can find this on our website at SOGMI.org and go to the blog. You'll be able to read the entire portion of it, and you can share it on Facebook and share it to folks as well as this podcast. But believers must understand we're Christians first, Americans second, then based on other issues. So we have to vote pro-life. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. We have to vote based on the sanctity of, of marriage. Genesis 2.24, These two, male female, shall become one. That's Scripture. We must vote based on individuals that are supporting Israel. Genesis 12.3 says, I will bless those that bless thee. That's Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. So we stand with Israel. But if all these issues have been covered. Is God's word any clearer? And resoundingly, yes, it is. Specifically in Deuteronomy chapter 17, and this has not been taught in the church, and our our believers need to realize we need to choose leaders based upon the principles in God's word. Deuteronomy 17, verse 14 through 20, you can look it up yourself. But number one, they must be chosen by God. The leaders, God will raise them up and bring them down. But you have to ask God, who among these is the one you would choose to do this job. And in Deuteronomy seventeen fifteen, it says, Be sure to appoint over you the king or the individual the Lord chooses. He's got to choose the leader. And you can't lean on your own understanding, okay? We've got to allow the Holy Spirit, because when the righteous are in authority, Proverbs 29, 2, the people rejoice. Number two, so number one, God has to choose them. Number two, they must be a believer. What do you mean a believer? I mean a believer in Jesus Christ. I mean a believer in the Word of God. Now, if it's a race where there aren't those types of individuals, then you choose someone that lines up their belief system as close as possible to that which is a believer, right? Number three, they must not be motivated by personal gain, and you'll find that in verse 17, not to accumulate large amounts of wealth. Number four, they must be faithful in their relationships. That's verse 17 of Deuteronomy 17. Number five, they must look to the Bible for guidance, And that's in verse 18 and 19, where it says when he takes the throne, they need to look at the scroll of the law. I'm running out of time, so we're going to have to go quick here. And just look this up, if you would. Go look it up on our website, SOGMI.org. And there's a blog there, Six Characteristics Christians Need to Follow When Choosing leaders to look for when choosing leaders. So number five, they must look to the Bible for guidance. And are these individuals people that really pray, that really seek God? Because wisdom comes from God. And leadership, you're going to face situations and problems that you won't know how to address unless you seek God's guidance. Number six, they must be humble and willing to abide by the law. That means that they're not going to consider themselves better than their brothers, and they're not going to turn to the right or to the left from the law, from doing the law. That means, are they going to, number one, think that they're above others in any way? 
And number two, will they abide by and uphold and defend the Constitution of our nation, as well as laws passed by Congress and legislatures, as long as they're not violating biblical principles? In other words, do they consider and abide by biblical principles in their own lives and doctrines of their own lives? And do they abide by those principles when they review and make or affirm the laws that they will uphold? Will they stand against attempts to pass laws that violate sound biblical principles? Well, praise God, I have run out of time, plumb out of time. (laughs) I have enjoyed being with y'all. I want to pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for the privilege of releasing this word over our listening audience. Lord, I pray that it would just really pierce to the heart. A, number one, we are Christians first, God, that we must be ambassadors of Jesus Christ in every situation, in every circumstance, that those who see us will be transformed by the love and power of the Word of God and the truth that's in our lives, not condemning, but loving and pointing the way to Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you for the transformation that's taking place in this nation and around the world, whereas the body of Christ rises up and takes the mantle of Jesus Christ upon them, loving interceding, being an ambassador of Jesus Christ, that we will see this nation and every nation rise up with leadership that knows you, that loves you, and we will prepare the world for the Lord's return, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Give us a call at 210 695-1630 or visit us on our website at S-O-G-M-I dot O-R-G God bless you and thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.